All right, guys, welcome to our first official episode of our podcast, Real Shit. You guys, I'm so excited because I have somebody special in the studio with me today, my mommy or my mother, whatever I want to call her today. I feel like mommy works. Does that work for you? Mom. Mom? Okay, we'll go with mom. Um, all right, guys. So me and my mom are really going to get into um, a, a topic that has been so close to near to dear, near and dear to my heart. And that is I am gay and my mother is a preacher. But before we jump into all the excitement, I just want to cover a few th- uh, things with you guys um, just to start with in pop culture right now. As we have all heard, I'm sure um, there has been a $900 billion relief bill reached, and that's going to include some $600 stimulus payments. And as you guys remember in my preview to the podcast, I definitely reported that, you know, regardless of what the amount was going to be, I was going to be super excited about it because, hey, everybody needs a little extra coin, right? So just a couple of details on that. That's going to include an extra $300 for our unemployed people. I know that that has definitely, definitely been uh, a point of contention for a lot of people. So you guys are going to get that through spring. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see what else this has to offer. But I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, you guys. So hopefully you are too. Second thing I want to cover is congratulations to our class of 2020 grads. All of our university grads, um, it's one thing to have to go through university and get a degree, period. But to graduate in 2020, we all know this has been a challenging year. So I'm super proud, super happy to see that for our 2020 grads. And last thing, <sighs> Mr. Trump, he's at it again, y'all. So now we're hearing that he is planning on reviving The Apprentice. I'm not really sure what network would want to pick up on that, especially after his um, turbulent presidency. So we'll see. But um, I'm tired, y'all. I'm I'm just I'm really tired. I, I just want him to go away. But we'll see how that works out for him. So hopefully we'll hear something more about that. But again, that is what's going on in pop culture. And so now it is time for us to roll into our big topic of the day. I am gay and my mother is a preacher. So you guys, I'm just going to cover a few things, a part of this topic. I'm going to go over a couple of things with my mom and um, we will have a great conversation. Hopefully this will inspire and bless some other people's lives and hope maybe you know what, what we're going through and go from there. Maybe this and hopefully this will also open up some great conversation for some people as well. Um, Definitely want to, again, keep it real. That's what it's about. Talking about that, that real, the real raw stuff, you know, diving into some some serious topics. So, um, mommy, welcome. And um, I'm ready to get started. Hope you guys are ready, too. So. Mom, I just wanted to bring you on because, again, you know, this is a topic that's been near and dear to both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being real about it, you know, being gay, especially in our denomination and in, in the black church, I should say, mm-hmm. um, is already really a taboo situation. Um, but, you know, you as a single black mother and, um, you know, a, a female preacher, 
you know, that has, has definitely also been something that's been sensitive for some people to, to talk about or, you know, even listen to, especially in what a lot of people would consider also a male dominated, you know, field. So, um, for you raising a sing, raising a black gay male child, how does that make you feel as, as, as a black mother? How did that make you feel? What were some of the things and challenges you kind of went through, you know, during that? Can you share that with us? Yes. So first I want to say thank you for, um, allowing me to be your first guest. I am honored. Um, and a little bit nervous. I'm going to be just who I am and give the, the truth straight from the hip. So it, it was a challenge. Um, it, it was a challenge in not even, let's not even start with the church, but let's just start with life. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge um, because I knew how society would look at you, would treat you, and would respond to you. Mm-hmm. So it was a challenge because right off the bat, when I realized um, probably at about age three, I knew something was different. And immediately I started to have some concerns. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I expressed those concerns to my sister and she was like, he's too young. You don't, don't put that on him. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so it was then I knew what I was seeing, but then I kept quiet and I held those things in my heart because I didn't want people to say I was putting that on you but I knew what I was seeing at home when nobody else was seeing it and that's a good point so let me ask you this for you seeing that Mm -hmm. even this is a very controversial question I'm about to ask you Mm -hmm. do you think being gay is a choice or is it something that's just out there it just happens it's natural what do you think okay so before my relationship as your mother, I felt it was a choice. Mm-hmm. I felt that people chose to drink, they chose to smoke, they chose to do dope, and they chose to love people of the same sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once I became your mother and I realized that you were going to be a gay male, mm-hmm. because of my own paranoia and I didn't allow you around anyone really other than family was very, very selective of who you were around. Cause you hear all the things men become gay because they're molested. Yeah. Uh, men become gay because they're raised by around a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to the realization because you had a strong male figure in your life, which was my dad. So there was a male around, right. um, you didn't go anywhere with anybody. So as far as being molested, that was out of the question. So now my reality was you were born this way. Yeah. See, and I like that. So, you know, just for everybody out there, this is, this is, you know, us talking, this is our, you know, opinion. This is how it goes. Um, you know, everybody of course is welcome to their own, their own, you know, thing, but I also feel the same way. It's, it's definitely not a choice. You know, I don't think anybody would ever wake up one day and say, Oh, I choose to be you know, picked on or beat up or have, you know, have things stolen from me or be looked at crazy by society. I don't, I don't really think that's, you know, uh, a thing. So, um, you know, for me, it's all, that's always been my perspective. Even when I was a kid, I knew I was different. 
you know, things were, and I knew as I got older, I realized that it wasn't going to be an easy thing throughout life, regardless of where I go, who I, you know, chose to be with, what I chose as a career field, any of it. I knew it wasn't going to be easy just being who I was. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I I really want to um, get into what that was like for you realizing your calling in the church Mm -hmm. and what you felt that was going to look like for you and and what your reality has been this far. Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. So, um, uh, prior to me being in, uh, going and um, answering my call, I was just dealing with what life was going to hand you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I always dressed you nice. Yeah. <laughs> you, your hair was always cut. You always had the best of everything mm-hmm. because I thought if I could have you dress the role, if you were dressed very masculine, so there was no tight clothes, there was no nothing that would give the appearance of uh, being very feminine. Yeah. Um, I had you in dance classes and hip hop classes. Wasn't gonna do ballet mm-hmm. uh, again because that's another perception of of uh, homosexuality. So yep. I put you in hip hop classes. Um, you could sing. So I had voice lessons. I put you in. Um, theater classes. Um, I even almost wearing 300, weighing 300 pounds, signed you up for a football camp, not realizing that the parent had to be out on the field with you because everybody told me that you needed to be out there with other boys, roughing it up and so on and so forth. So I thought, well, I'll put him in this YMCA flag football league and uh, not realizing that again at 300 pounds that I was going to have to run the field with you. And I was <laughs> the only mother on the field running. And um, we did that for one season and it just wasn't your thing. Sports was not your thing. Never you more, been my thing. <laughs> you were more into um, acting and singing and things like that. I tried to buy you the best of everything you wore Sean John and Nike and whatever else I could think of that I could bribe you or take it out of you. I I really don't know what I was thinking Mm -hmm. that was going to solve. But as long as I could give the appearance that nobody would judge me as a mother, that I wasn't a good mother, that I wasn't doing what I needed to do for you. Um, I don't know if you remember, um, I was getting ready to have um, my weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, but something happened at school. And we were supposed to do something for your birthday. And one of the girls, their mother wouldn't let her come because they said I was a bad mother because um, you were gay. I know. I don't remember that. Um, you were at Agassiz. Oh, wow. Um, and... That kind of stuff stuck with me mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be a failure. You were my responsibility. Um, God gave me to you and I needed to be a good steward over you until you could be a good steward over yourself. Mm-hmm. So I actually felt like a failure mm-hmm. because it had to be something I was doing wrong. I didn't give you something. I didn't do something um, I didn't stay with your dad in an unhealthy relationship. Whatever it was, 
I had done something that I was um, a bad mother. Yeah. And that's why you were gay. Yeah. See, and that's another misconception, you know, that a lot of people don't, well, a lot of people do talk about, you know, is that a, a single mother, how can you raise a son? What, what, what could you possibly offer this son, you know, or that because you were raised single in a single parent home that, you know, it's, it's not a good situation or, or whatever the case may be. And I can say honestly, and this is not just because you're my mother, but I want it for nothing, whether it was you, TT, you know, uh, Crystal, Grandpa, anybody that was involved in my life, Uncle Bobby, everybody made sure that I was good. You know, our church family, um, from pastors on down, you know, people just made sure I was good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, that's another misconception that, you know, still bothers me to this day because, you know, you never have ever been a bad parent. I think every parent goes through the trials and tribulations of just parenthood. I was your one and only, you know, what can you do? So um, I, I definitely um, think, again, that that is a huge misconception. But going into, again, you know, you and your ministry, yeah. do you think that that has affected your ministry in any way? Um, do you think that people have looked at you differently in the church because of that? You know, what, what has that experience been like for you? So, oh, I was a little apprehensive, um, not to answer my call, but when I answered my call, um, and that's, that's a whole nother, we could do a whole nother podcast on me answering my call, but, um, yeah, it, it, it was on my mind mm -hmm. and I'm sure people said things behind my back. I'm sure they looked at us differently. Yeah. Um, did I question Lord, how can people hear the word from me when they're looking at my son and, and, and they're thinking he's a, he's a homosexual. He likes boys and, uh, he's living in sin every day of his life. How can his mother, the person that is raising him, the person that has raised him, um, be teaching and preaching the word of God. Right. Right. You know, a lot of sermons that I've preached and when I'm reading from the Bible, I would try to stay away from anything that mentioned homosexuality because then I look like a hypocrite. Yeah. I look like a hypocrite because here I am preaching to you and I'm living, taking care of, mothering, loving this openly gay man. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's another thing too is for me, you know, and I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but for me, it was, it was big too. It was, if, 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 if my mom is going into the ministry, whoa, how is that going to affect our relationship? How is that going to affect us? Mm -hmm. You know? And then another thing for me was feeling like the embarrassment, mm -hmm. you know, feeling like, okay, so here I am with this big personality. We all know that I, you know, my personality is huge. You know, everybody who knows me knows that. And so it, it was difficult for me to say, my mom is, is a preacher. Oh, God. Oh, now I have to look a certain way. Now I have to act a certain way. You know, and people have said it. You know, we know this. People have said it to us, you know, at the church. Oh, your mom is a preacher. You need to be acting a certain way. You need to straighten up. Look this way. Turn dress this way. Why are you doing that? You know, and so 
kind of early on, it became not really a burden because I love seeing you do your thing. I love seeing you preach. I'm, I'm very proud of that. But for me, you know, at one point it was, dang, I have a whole standard to live up to now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough that society's already holding me to this standard as a black man. But now I'm a preacher's kid too. Whoa. Like that's a whole nother situation. Yeah. You know? And um, and, and in our denomination, we have a yearly event where we go to conference and the kids go. And I could remember um, being one of the... Um, one of the chaperones and people would always say, well, let Devin do it because his mom is a preacher or let Mm -hmm. Devin do it because this, and I had to stop an adult and I said, well, God called me into the ministry. Right. Don't put that on my son. Mm -hmm. Don't put that extra burden on his life. If he volunteers to do it, or if I feel like it's something that he can be productive in, or he's going to bring something to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But don't demand him to do something and take um, on all of the requirements, maybe there was a trivia game. It's like, well, we'll have Devin do it because his mom is a preacher. You, you ain't know no more than the rest of them. <laughs> right. Because I didn't put that on you. It right. was my ministry, not your ministry. Right. My expectation for you is the same as any other parent. Right. And I didn't want that extra burden on you. And I had to tell people on more than one occasion, don't do that to him. This is my ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that was called to preach and to teach. He wasn't called. And until he is called, don't do that to my son. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had to have some conversations with some people um, in reference to putting that expectation on your life. Yeah. And see, that was that was my biggest thing. Like I said, you know, it it felt like not that you were putting any specific pressure on me, Mm -hmm. you know, but it felt like it was a pressure from the church as a whole. You know, you have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. And and so I always said to myself, I know that this is who I am. Mm -hmm. So especially when I got older and we were going to conference and, you know, doing different things like that, traveling and and whatever else we would do, even if we had something big at the church to do Mm -hmm. or you were preaching or whatever, um, you know, the older I got and I was able to dress really how I wanted to dress, mm-hmm. I always said to myself, okay, you know what? This is who you are. You going you going this going to be who you, you know, what you're about. Then dress, you have to look the part. You're going to be the preacher's kid. Then you have to look the part, you know, and even now, even ask somebody, I'm almost 30 years old and I still do it to this day. To a, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. You're right. To a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still hold myself when I dress to a certain standard. You know, I have to look a certain way. I have to make sure that my eyebrows are done and my hair is cut. And I look really well groomed because I am who I am, mm-hmm. but I still want to be a good representation for you. But but that was a that was a whole nother issue me and you had too right. was your dress because mm-hmm. I wanted you to dress in those big baggy jeans that, that, that boys are wearing and even maybe sag a little bit. Yeah. And your thing was the more slim fitting. Um, and I, and I felt, and I felt and and please listeners don't judge me, but I <laughs> felt it made him look extra gay. Yeah. And it, 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 it brought attention to the fact that he was gay and, and it made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want people like staring or looking. And now it's like, it is what it is. You dress how you want to do. You buy your clothes. That's your thing. I don't, 
we may not agree on fashion and that's your thing, but right. those are things that I had to deal with within myself and not worry about being judged for who God made you to be. Right. Right. And that's, and that's, that's the best part, you know, about having a parent that's so open and willing. And I think that, you know, right now, the older I get, we work on our relationship every day. And, you know, every parent and child is not going to have a perfect relationship. And I don't claim that we do either. And I think you would agree, you know, it's the same thing. Our relationship is not perfect, but I think that... We had a few issues. <laughs> but I think that the older I get, the more we talk, the more, you know, the older you get, it's much easier for us to have those open dialogue conversations about stuff. And, and like I said, the older I get, it's so much easier to do that, you know. And one thing that I will never forget you telling me on a daily basis, even now, is... That's who you say you are. That's who you want to be. That is who God made you to be. I want you to do that, but be the most productive person in that that you can be. And yes, I believe that. If if that's who you say you are. Right. And that's who God made you to be. Mm-hmm. And that is what you are. All I want from you is not to be straight, Devin. Of course, I would have loved for you to be straight. Right. I would have loved for you to be straight, be married, have babies. Right. For me to be the, the grandma, I would love all of that little picket fence life right. that I imagined in my life when I had you. But I just want you to be the best human being you can possibly be. Right. I want you to be the most productive person that you can be. Your sexuality is second to who you are and to who God made you to be. That's not... Your defining factor. Right. When you go to work, you go to work as a young man named Devin Key Wesley. Right. You don't go to work as like when I'm introduced at church, I'm evangelist Terry Key Martin. You're not introduced as homosexual, gay male Devin Key Wesley. You're right. Devin. That's who you are. Right. And that doesn't define you. And I just want you to be the best at who you say you are. And that works. That works for me. And a lot of people, you know, like I said, this goes out to anybody that may be going through a a similar situation, whether it's a parent raising a gay child right now in the church or just in general, you know, or just you as a gay person yourself, um, you know, just kind of navigating, you know, either coming out to your parents or whatever the case may be, just being who you are and being productive in that. And can we talk about, can we talk about... Coming out? The conversation. Oh, absolutely. Because I brought you out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's talk about it. So what was go ahead. Yeah. You know. So so the conversation was I think you were ten ish, eleven ish, I don't know. Um, and I used to catch you doing little things like um having towels on your head and <laughs> pretending like it was hair or cutting your clothes up. You always been extra on the fashion. And I was just like, I can beat him, I can bribe him, but Lord, it is what it is. Right. Um, I've talked to my pastor about it. We prayed about it. And finally, Pastor Williamson told me, you prayed about it, now give it to God and move on. Right. Stop beating yourself up. Right. Stop killing yourself over it and um and let it go you've given it to god and stop going to god over and over and over you've given it to him now truly give it to him Mm -hmm. and so at some point i think i was just frustrated with the whole situation 
And I think I cornered you when I said, we need to have a conversation. And you said about what? And I said about your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And you and, and I could already see the terror coming over your face. Yeah. Because you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because a couple of months prior to that, I had said something to you about being gay. And, and you said, no, no, I'm not. And you start walking, like pimp walking, and, and then try to make your voice deeper. Yeah. And so I had had enough of it from both of us with the pretending that this two-ton elephant wasn't living in our house. Mm-hmm. And so I said to you, I said, about your sexuality. And you just kind of looked at me with that fear with that deer in the headlights look. Yeah. Like, Lord, what is getting ready to happen? And I said to you, I said, I know about your sexuality. Mm-hmm. I would never say that I knew you were gay. Right. And you said, you know? And I said, yes, I know. I've known since you were probably three or four years old. And then I saw this kind of a letdown, but not really a letdown because you still didn't know where we were going with this conversation. Right. And so then I said, but I need you to tell me, I need you to put, I need you to, I need you to hear it and I need to hear it. Mm -hmm. If that's who you say you are and that's who you say you were made to be and you love who you say you love, then you need to tell me. And you said, no, if you know, then you know, then we both know, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't put your own voice to it. Yeah. And I was sharing this with somebody the other day and they said that I outed you and I shouldn't have, I didn't out you to the world. That was a conversation that you and I needed to have. Cause we were walking on eggshells in Around that each house. Other. Right. So I needed you to tell me and to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. in front of me, that that's who you said you were going to be, but you didn't want to put your voice to it. And I said, you are going to tell me who you are. Because if that's who you are and that's who you believe you are, I need you to say that. Right. And you said, I am. And I said, you are what? And you said, I am gay. It broke my heart, but it also took a monkey off of my back. Right. A heavyweight. And I think it was a heavyweight lifted off of both of us. You know, I was imagine, you know, as a kid, you know, I, I knew, especially once I kind of grew into that, like you said, that age range between about 10 and, and, and 12, mm-hmm. I think is where we were. Um, and, and then I finally said to myself, I said, this is, this is me. This is who I'm going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and being as smart as I was as a kid, I knew you know, I had heard so many people say, oh, I came out to my family. You know, things that I've seen represented on TV and in blogs and, and you know, on the Internet and stuff, the, the Internet access that I could get to. I was so obsessed with this idea of just coming out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and saying, oh, I'm gay. I'm, you know, making it this big whole thing, but wanting to build a life for myself first. So you were going to live undercover. You were going to live on the down low. But I wanted to live un, maybe not on the down low, but I had every intent when I turned 18 to make sure I 
you know, and, and you know, school has not always been my, <laughs> my favorite thing, but I was going to make it my favorite thing because I had planned on going away, establishing a career for myself, being away from everybody in another state doing what I wanted to do and then coming back and finally just saying once I had a career and I was making my millions or my thousands or whatever and then coming back and saying yeah I'm gay now what I'm gay and I'm rich though I'm gay and I got this I'm gay and I drive a Range Rover I'm gay and I you know that was my thing you know and I think for so many people that that is the reality that they would rather build this life first and then come out or build a pretend life and not be themselves right. to face the harsh reality. Right. Well, I, when you told me some of the horror stories about, and this was after you, you we had this conversation mm-hmm. about people who have disowned their kids. And I've heard from other friends and family of folks they know who had disowned their kid that wasn't an option for me. Right. That wasn't an option. We were going to work through it one way or another. You know, it's always been off and on the two of us when I was with your dad or, or not with him. But primarily, uh, it was just the two of us. Yeah. And so that wasn't an option for me. I, I couldn't understand how someone could disown their child. Um, because a lot of us have not lived the life that our parents set out for us to live. Mm-hmm. And to be disowned because of how you were made. Um, and I know people will, will disagree with me and, and that's fine. Um, but for me to disown my, my own flesh and blood, the, the product of my, uh, body that God had blessed me with, couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I, that wasn't an option for me. Now, um, did we have to work through some things and, and all of that? And did I have to come to term with it? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, uh, disowning you was not an option. Right. I, I didn't know where we were going to go from that point when, when you admitted it to me. I didn't know what the next step was, but disowning you, putting you out, treating you bad, beating you, abusing you, this to you, that that was not an option right. for me. That was not an option mm-hmm. at all. It was never going to happen. And can I say that I'm so grateful for that? Can I say that I'm so happy that that wasn't my situation you know um again i know friends i have had friends who you know they come out and i never see them again because they end up homeless on drugs you know whatever because their families disown them and that's never been my reality and i'm just so grateful for that you know in a in a in a major major way um so I, I I thank you for that. Seriously. That that means more than the world to me. Yeah. More than anything. So I was determined that I, I couldn't hide you because some parents they don't disown but they hide. Mm-hmm. You were gonna be active at church regardless. I didn't care if you were sweet. I didn't care if you was hard. <laughs> right. I didn't care what. You were going to be raised at that church and you were going to be active. And if anybody had anything to say about you doing anything and participating in anything, then they could come and see me and daddy. Right. And they weren't going to say nothing to either one of us. Um, and even to this day, you know, I've had people who have asked me, how can you be ministering uh, when you when they saw a video of you praise dancing? And your pastor, he's openly gay. And they let him 
praise dance and mm-hmm. sing with the praise team. I'm like, well, you were singing on the praise team and you were sleeping with somebody else's husband. Right. Hello. Speak oh, on. but that's right. That's right. Your sin is hidden. See, that's the the, the black eye that they try to mm-hmm. people try to to give other folks the judgment. Stones and in you, a glass house. And you were going to be raised in the church and the relationship that you have between you and God. I've raised you to know the Lord. And you know the Lord and whatever relationship you have with the Lord, that's between you and God. Mm-hmm. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. Right. And I've taught you to worship. I've taught you to know him for yourself. I've taught you to pray. So the relationship that you have with God is your relationship. Right. My ministry is my ministry. My relationship that I have with God is my relationship. Mm-hmm. But as a mother, I fulfill my obligation of raising you in the church, teaching you right from wrong, and giving you the foundations to stand on. Now it's your turn to stand on those foundations and launch where God would have you to go. Because you can't be who I want you to be. Right. Because though I am your mother, he is your father. He created you. He knitted you in my womb. He knew you before I knew you. Mm-hmm. So my expectations from you are way different from what he is desiring for you to do. Speak on it. Amen. That's that's all, that's my sermon. That's your sermon for the day. <laughs> yes, but, but seriously, that's how I look at it. And I hope and I pray the reason that I was willing to come because somebody's struggling with their child coming out as gay. Mm-hmm. There is somebody that is struggling because their parent is active in the church or in ministry and they don't know what kind of reception they're going to get. Yeah. I even had someone that came to me and wanted to do a podcast on bashing um, Christian parents about having gay children. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I would be bashing myself. But um, I, I just appreciate the forum. I, I'm so excited for what God is going to, um, do and with this podcast, I'm not real thrilled with the name, but okay, it's your podcast. So, um, <laughs> we will, we will move forward and I'd like to come back at another time and maybe, uh, talk about another, um, topic or if there's further discussion that we need to have on this topic, I am happy to come back well, and, we, and be your guest again. Well, we might have a part two, or like I said, I, I will definitely bring you back on cause you know, I love the way that you keep it real. And that's what it's about on the podcast, right? Yeah. So you guys, I am going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. But what I do want to do is leave you with a bit of encouragement for the week. Um, And, you know, definitely, definitely leave this quote in your heart. I love myself for who I am. All right. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. I love myself for who I am. All right, you guys, that's it for this week's episode of Real Shit. I want to thank my mom for coming on. Again, not pleased with the title, but hey, it is what it is. All right, you guys, we will see you next week on our next episode.